I'm Melissa. And I'm Jam. And I'm a chemist. And I'm not. And welcome to Chemistry for Your Life. The podcast helps you understand the chemistry of your everyday life. Jim, how are you doing today? I'm good. How about you? I'm doing good. I'm excited for what we're going to talk about today. I've been planning it for a few weeks. Me too. I'm excited too. I don't know what it is though. And so I'm also a little bit like cautious. Well, it's about the sky. Okay. What color was the sky when you walked in today? Did you notice it? I'm guessing it was blue because it was like a clear day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did not notice it. No. Well, today we're going to talk about why the sky is blue. It is blue today. I noticed it, but only because I knew we were talking about this. We're going to talk about why the sky is blue. Okay. But also we're going to talk about why sometimes during the day it isn't blue. Ah. Sunrise and sunset maybe. Yeah, interesting. That is weird. It's not. Always blue. I like that we're talking about this because it is like the classic question that people ask. Like, why is the sky blue? Yeah, I have a cute like, story Mom, about Dad, that for why? you. Yeah. About a professor teaching his daughter why this guy is blue, but taught her the real reason. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. It's cute, but we're going to save it. Okay. Okay. So we've talked a lot about light and waves. Yes. So the very short answer, the very easy answer for why the sky is blue. Okay. Is that the light blue light is more efficient in traveling so we can see it more. Okay. The sun's light is white and so it's made up of all the colors of the rainbow. Mm-hmm. We've seen that. You can separate it out into all its colors like in a rainbow. And you can do other things with the light like scatter it. Uh-huh. And when it's scattered the blue light goes the most efficient. And that's the basic Boil down answer of why the sky is blue is because the blue light is the most efficient. So it's it's not that something is blue necessarily, Mm-mm. but that blue light just travels better so we see it. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have much to do with our eyes. It's more like the light itself. So the wave length, the frequency mm-hmm. of blue light. There's a teensy bit about your eyes, but we'll dig into it. Okay. That's weird. Yeah. So the sky is white. It's supposed to be. I don't think so. Well, supposed to be is a big word, but let's talk about why blue light travels the way it does. Okay. I I almost don't know what to ask. I feel like there's ways in which this question is so simple. Not that the answer is simple, but the question mm-hmm. is so old mm-hmm. and simple and common and kind of funny. Like, yeah. Like it's one of the classic, you know, mm-hmm. kid asks the parent, parent can't answer right. or it's like, it just is. Okay. Like <laughs> that kind of thing. But here we are helping parents around the world know what to tell their children. And depending on the, the child, <laughs> they probably will not understand or it won't be satisfied. They'll have more questions. Oh, They'll I'm like, sure. Okay. So wavelength, mom, what is wavelength and why? okay so i'll dig in more maybe you can ask some questions as we go okay so yeah sunlight made up of all the colors of the rainbow when it encounters something new like what we talked about with rainbows like a raindrop the object that it is encountering does impact the way the light travels if it goes through a prism it breaks up the light it changes the speed 
Right, right, right. So the same goes for when sunlight enters into the Earth's atmosphere. Okay. So the Earth is surrounded by all this like baby, baby. <laughs> all these like ba- little baby <laughs> clouds. Uh, I don't know. Basically like a blanket of air was what I was going to say. <laughs> a baby, a baby air. <laughs> so basically a blanket of air molecules that are kept in our atmosphere. Uh-huh. And when light enters that, it, it encounters the particles, dust, molecules, atoms, all the things that are floating around in our atmosphere. And so when that happens and it encounters the atmosphere, it the light will be scattered. Okay. So when the light is scattered, the acceleration changes. And the amount that it accelerates depends hmm. on the frequency of the wave of the light yes of the light wave okay so blue has a much higher frequency than red waves mm-hmm. just in the nature of them and frequency you can think of it as those little wiggles it's literally how often it occurs it's the frequency okay. so the more up and down wiggles the more often the wave occurs the higher frequency how how fast the Snake slithers, mm-hmm. like from the mm-hmm. Rainbows episode. Exactly. So the higher the frequency, the more it accelerates when it's scattered. Okay. So red light, lower frequency, doesn't scatter as much. Blue light has higher frequency than any light except for violet, so it scatters more than anything else. Got it. When it is, what, what word did you say again? When it encounters something. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's just scattered. Okay. So just anything, whether something like a prism, it can go actually through it, mm-hmm. kind of, mm-hmm. or just a tree or something. Something that it encounters, or does it have to be like a... I think for scattering, I'm not super clear on a lot of this because it gets into physics and wave and math where I'm not great. But I think... Your options are light can either pass through something and that could change the speed at which it travels and that's called refraction. It can bounce back, Mm -hmm. which is reflection. It can be scattered. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it can be anything else. Okay. I think... So in any of those situations, blue can behave differently than red. Mm-hmm. which is why you see the rainbow, the colors spread out. Blue uh-huh. and red are behaving differently. I think in reflection, it might not change the speed, but I'm not positive. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I can definitely say when it's scattered, it does. So the name for this kind of scattering is called Rayleigh scattering. Rayleigh? Like a person's name? Mm-hmm. It, it is named after a person, mm-hmm. a physicist, Lord Rayleigh. Whoa. R-A-Y-L-E-I-G-H. Was he a lord or was that his name? I believe he was a lord. Okay. It'd be kind of cool if his first name was Lord. <laughs> I think. People would like. That is not his over first his, name. <laughs> over history, they'd be like, wow, that guy was like, had responsibilities and stuff or whatever they, that lords do in England. So should you name your child Lord? Lord Robinson? I guess I could. Maybe you should. It does sound a little bit like. Yikes. <laughs> so those, those people Rayleigh, take themselves very seriously. <laughs> so Rayleigh scattering is the name of the phenomenon. It's basically when wave par- encounters particles that are smaller than it. Light waves encounter particles that are smaller than it. Okay. So 
You can just think of the light being scattered with the acceleration increasing when it's scattered. Okay. And that happens more effectively for blue light than the shorter wavelengths. So you might notice when you look further away from the sun, it looks more blue. Mm -hmm. That's because most of the other colors of light have not reached that far. It hasn't scattered as effectively. You know what I kind of always thought it was? What? Well, I did always think like, okay, there's a lot of just stuff between Mm -hmm. us and the sun and space and whatever else. You can, on many days in a metropolitan area, look out. When you can see far, you can notice a haze to things because of humans and cars and whatever. Mm -hmm. But it could also just be weather or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But it's like whenever you look further, the what might not seem like much if you just had your hand in front of your face, if you then are looking like three miles away mm-hmm. and there's just like a little bit of particles in the air, but you're seeing through like three miles worth of it, it'll start to get denser and denser in terms of having an actual ability to mm-hmm. affect what you're seeing. So basically you thought like, if I look at my hand, there's a little bit of light, but it's not enough to block it. But if it's really far away, there's so much molecules blocking it. That's in why it, yeah. it's kind of a light blue or something. Mm-hmm. Well, and the blue part I thought was simply because, um, I guess maybe I always thought that it was just the color of space, which is black, being filtered through stuff that kind of made it look a little bit blue. But just getting lighter and lighter, the more stuff is between me and it. Like outer space. Outer space. Wow. Because sometimes if you look straight up during the day, it's the least bright blue. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you look all around the horizon, it's like really light blue, mm-hmm. maybe blue. And it gets darker and darker the closer up you look. That makes sense. I don't know. It would actually, because like you're looking through more stuff, looking mm, to the left yeah. or right. Interesting. That's what I always thought. It's just like well, the kind of stuff that is like make up, kind of assume <laughs> like, hmm, that's kind of maybe makes sense. Yeah. I'll move on. Okay, listeners. <laughs> so tell us why you thought the sky was blue. Either tag us in your Instagram stories, post it on Twitter and tag us, comment on our stuff. Tell us why you thought the sky was blue and we'll repost it. I think that'll be fun. <laughs> That'd be really fun. It uh, definitely made me feel a lot better about my own, my own theory. Not feeling so, <laughs> so, I don't know, jerry-rigged together. Uh, I think, I thought it was a pretty good one. That's, I mean, there is space on the outside of our atmosphere, so it does uh, make sense. And there is junk in the air. Even mm-hmm. the stuff that we don't put there. It's like, okay, there's mm-hmm. nitrogen, there's oxygen, there's mm-hmm. all these things. I'm like, I don't know what color those would make space. If they're super concentrated, yeah. That, I think that does make sense. So, I'm surprised you didn't ask the question, which is... If blue light has a higher frequency than all the light except violet. Mm-hmm. Why is this kind of violet? Yes. That, I don't know why I didn't ask it. Here's why. Two reasons. Okay. S- simply less violet enters the, the Earth's atmosphere because there's less violet in white light. Okay. And two, our eyes are slightly more sensitive to blue light than violet light. 
That's interesting. So our eyes do play into it. Yeah. But perhaps if there's equal amounts of blue and violet and our eyes were equally sensitive, we would have a violet sky. Right. That's kind of what I was getting at about like the sky isn't blue. It just looks blue. Mm-hmm. Like I, I w- really get interested in that where mm-hmm. it's like, what things can we point to and say, this is only this way because our instruments think it is. Mm-hmm. And that's the readings we're getting. But we're smart enough. And we know enough about science to have figured out that our eyes or our ears or our nose or whatever it is we're talking about mm-hmm. are not perfect. Yeah. So our brains have been able to figure out that our bodies are wrong. And that's interesting to me to be like, this guy's not blue. We just <laughs> all think it is. It's perceived to be blue as a result of Rayleigh scattering. Yeah. All of us that can walk and talk and, and suppose and speculate about why things are the way they are think that it's blue because that's we're all imperfect equally. Mm-hmm. But it's not. I mean, kind of it's not. I'm of the opposite camp where I think it looks blue, so it's blue. It feels cold, so it's cold, (laughs) which (laughs) is almost like embracing the subjectivity of life. But that's a little philosophical for this show. I I think it's just (laughs) I like the idea of like, what if we could stop being human just for a second and look around the world and what things... As perfect robots. Yeah, as perfect somethings, whatever it is. Perfect objective observers. Yeah, beings, whatever they are. And what would be different would be so fascinating. We One would probably be like seeing all the waves we don't see because we only see a certain fixed You'd amount. you see ultraviolet. Yeah, we see ultraviolet. Mm-hmm. Um, all these things that... You'd see radio. That to us seem to make up our universe and our world, daily life. Mm-hmm. Um would seem like such a small sliver of all the things. Interesting. That's that's interesting and overwhelming because yeah. <laughs> it would be hard to see that much stuff, I think. Yeah. And what even is the definition of the perfect objective observer? What are they looking at? Right. That's why it works philosophically, but it doesn't work in real life. In real life. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like you can you can just pretend that one exists <laughs> and then just talk about what if it we were it, but yeah, you can't get anywhere. So I guess that's why philosophy is not science. And why I got a B in philosophy because I felt that this was not super interesting. (laughs) (laughs) I felt this conversation was just not that good. (laughs) Okay, so (laughs) I'm just not good at those big theory questions. You know, those are I'm I have a hard time sitting and holding on to things that I don't understand. Right. Like this is just all in theory. What's the point? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's get so that's, back. That's why it's not violet. That's why I don't see mm-hmm. violet in the sky. There's less right. violet around and our eyes are less sensitive to it. Exactly. Okay. Now, why is the sun orange or red when it sets, do you think? Or does it look orange or red when it sets? I mean, the first thing I think a lot of us would say is like, well, it's on fire. <laughs> it's definitely on fire. Uh so that's one thing. Um, I mean, how much does it have to do with the fact that it's like a, such an extreme angle? Because obviously mm-hmm. there's another part of the world where yep. every time the sun's setting somewhere, it's super not setting there. Yes. Somewhere else. And it's just a normal yellow day mm-hmm. there. So is that part of it? That's absolutely part of it. So when you're looking off at a random point in the sky, when the sky is blue, you're seeing the light that's been scattered away. Mm-hmm. from the sun's light. 
you're not looking at the direct path of the light. You're seeing the light that's been scattered away. Mm-hmm. But when the sun sets, you're more in line with the actual light that's coming from the sun. Mm-hmm. So instead of seeing the light that's been scattered away, you're left only to look at the light that has not been scattered away. And the light that is least efficiently scattered are the reds, oranges, and yellows. Mm-hmm. God, if they're getting caught somehow they're not scattered still, they're just still in the line of sight they're still in the line of sight mm-hmm. so if you're looking blue because it doesn't take much and blue is like pew. right it's just gone it's been scattered away got it so if the sun was setting not through an atmosphere theoretically mm-hmm. it would just look the same white light that you see mm-hmm. when you look up at it but because it's setting through an atmosphere, you're looking directly at the sun because of the angle it's at, mm-hmm. as opposed to when it's up in the sky above you. You're looking directly at the sun. Blue light has been scattered away, and what makes it through are these warm red colors. And we're kind of helped by, you know, either clouds or objects or whatever. As it gets lower and lower, you can obviously get to where you can actually look at it and not like hurt your eyes. Mm-hmm. You can't quite look exactly at it until it's um, already gone or something, but you're, it's helping that you can actually then see its direct path of light mm-hmm. because it's kind of being filtered more and more. Right. So it's not just that you're more in line with the site, but because of the angle it's at, it's passing through more of the Earth's atmosphere. Mm-hmm. So more of the blue light is scattered away, leaving the less efficiently scattered light to reach our eyes. So it's uh-huh. almost more filtered by more of the atmosphere, and we're in the right angle to really see that. Right. Yes. Okay, that makes sense. And that kind of, not that I had that sophisticated of a thought to it, <laughs> but it kind of aligns with my non-scientific theory about stuff in the air mm-hmm. and by stuff i didn't even mean like pollution necessarily there is obviously part of that but like just all the elements all the stuff well and actually pollution does have an impact mm-hmm. it can change the color of the sky uh-huh. because it those little particles from aerosols and all the pollution are small enough to take part in rayleigh scattering okay so they can actually play a role in changing the color of the sky because they are helping scatter the light. Interesting. So they can amplify the sunset because they're scattering more of the blue light away. Uh-huh. They can they can do that. I've yeah. read some articles that have talked about that. Absolutely. When I was in Zimbabwe a couple of years ago, this probably happens in other places too, but this is where I observed it. Um, there can be a lot of dust in the air, either kicked up from animals or whatever. So much land in that is not being used by stuff or a lot of roads that are dust roads. And so mm-hmm. there's a time where it was like we were driving somewhere and it was, the sun was still kind of high. I mean, it was definitely afternoon. Let's just say 4 p.m. Okay. Um, normally you would not be able to look directly at the sun at 4 p.m. And there was enough dust in the air. I couldn't even really like taste it. It wasn't like, like there were just clouds of dust everywhere. Mm-hmm. But I could look at directly at the sun and just look this red orb kind of like a star wars sort of deal how interesting it was so weird i have a like a video of it i could show you um it was just so weird 
So it may be that the dust in the air was scattering the light, the blue light away uh-huh, uh-huh. Effic- more efficiently. And that's why it was looking kind of red, orangey. Yeah. Looking red, orangey. And then enough, maybe just light in general was mm-hmm. being scattered and filtered and whatever else that I, so that I could still look at it. Like yeah. not only could, was well, I seeing red, but also its intensity was diminished. Like, yeah. Probably because there was a more of a physical barrier. Yeah. So that's it. That's why the sky is sometimes blue and why the sky is sometimes not. Interesting. It's all about Rayleigh scattering. And if you tell me this answer back, uh-huh. I'll tell you the cute story of my professor's daughter. Okay. When you say this answer back, do you mean like explain it back? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, by answer back, I definitely mean when you explain it back to me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay. I haven't slept much, so <laughs> my my language is scattering. <laughs> um, really scattering. <laughs> so light, we have talked about a lot. Um, most of the light we deal with out in the day, time, and even light in rooms and stuff is white, which means it's made up of all the colors. Mm-hmm. So, but they do have differences, not just in color, but in wavelength. And so if something causes them to be messed with, broken apart, scattered, um, refracted or whatever, then they will behave in those different ways. Not like, mm-hmm. not crazy different, not like different elements on the periodic table, but their differences will have an effect like the rainbow. So the light coming from the sun is white. But whenever it strikes our atmosphere and it's coming through a lot of atmosphere to get to our eyeballs, it's going through a lot of things like gases, whatever makes up our atmosphere, I guess. Things that can scatter these rays of light. And so the blue light, which has the compared to other lights we're used to seeing in the sky sometimes, like reds and and oranges, blue right. has a much faster wiggle, much faster mm-hmm. um, wavelength. Wiggle. <laughs> and so when it's striking those things that could cause it to scatter, it scatters really easily and quickly. Like, it's like, pew, pew. Right. And just like gets out of the way while it's hitting mm-hmm. things. And red and orange and other light that has a lower frequency, they're like slithers are slower. Mm-hmm. They don't do as many. Right. And so just those, for visual aid, Jam for red and orange is moving his hand up and down like a wave that's going slow. And then for blue, he's wiggling his hand up and down really fast. Yeah. Yep. Something that has to be seen to be believed. (laughs) Um, And those slower frequency types of light don't... Man, this is kind of hard to put words to. I I feel like I don't know why. I know exactly what I'm trying to get at. Mm -hmm. They don't like scatter in the same way that blue does. Blue is like like, totally fine. They like ricochet like a bullet. And so when we look in the sky, we're seeing tons of blue. Right. The blue is fine. It hit Mm -hmm. the stuff. It Mm -hmm. ricocheted. It's all over. Mm -hmm. The red and the orange did not somehow. 
It did. So you're close. Okay. So that's a good explanation. Do we still get to hear the cool thing? Absolutely. Okay. So the only difference is they Mm -hmm. both get scattered. Okay. But how, when they scatter, the acceleration increases. And then blue hits our eyeball and gets places. Mm -hmm. And we're not seeing red and orange. Right. And the how much it accelerates is directly related to the frequency. And so actually because of the difference in frequencies between blue light and red light, blue light is actually scattered 10 times more efficiently. It, wow. it increases about 10 times more in acceleration than red light does. So all this blue lights like going everywhere mm-hmm. very fast, so right. much faster. Right. New blue light is is coming and lapping <laughs> this slow orange red light. Maybe if it was traveling on a track path at a high school, like you've got your mm-hmm. fo- your photons mm-hmm. are like little tiny circles and they're riding driving uh-huh. on a track uh-huh. and then a photon hits a particle that makes it scatter uh-huh. and breaks into all the colors of the rainbow, the blue light is going so much faster than the yeah. red light. That's a fun example. I have I enjoy imagining a photon now uh-huh. as a white little ball running uh-huh. with legs running on uh-huh. a track and then it hits a particle that makes it break into all the colors of the rainbow and then you can see on the track that the violet is running I think even faster yeah. then blue is 10 times faster than red and then yeah. green comes behind blue and so that you can see the change in acceleration. So you have like six or seven lanes like mm-hmm. you have on a track and each one is a color and it's like they could be that much different. So it might be like red and orange are not that far from each other. Right. But then blue is like way up there and violet's like mm-hmm. already on the next lap. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That was a great, that was a good visualization you put in my brain. Good job. Hey, anything I can do to bring things into non-science language for a second (laughs) that might either be a really ridiculous analogy or end up bringing about a good one. I kind of want to make a little video of that, of photons. If anyone's a a cartoonist and can do that, I would be so happy. It'd be so cute. Cartoonist or like digital animator kind of person. Right. Yeah, Yeah. that would be adorable. That would be the cutest science video. <laughs> okay, so that's all I have for you. And you got it right. So I'm going to tell you the little story. Okay, I'm ready. So one of my professors, he's an analytical chemistry professor, and mm-hmm. his daughter asked him why the sky is blue. And he taught her the chemical formula. I guess chemical formula is not right. The mathematical equation for mm-hmm. why the sky is blue behind Rayleigh scattering. Mm-hmm. So the equation for frequency is C over lambda. So the increase in acceleration is one over lambda to the fourth. So if anyone asked this little girl why the sky was blue, she would say one over lambda to the fourth. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Isn't that so cute? It's cute, but it's also like I kind of put myself in the classmates like (laughs) shoes where like there's this girl who's dad's smarter than everybody else and she's saying that stuff she doesn't even understand it really but she well, I really like that. it's just like those are the I think it's cute the, I mean if it was my little girl that would be the cutest thing ever <laughs> but I just remember being around kids like that and it's like okay alright 
Yeah, that's why we don't ask you questions. <laughs> that's why you're not coming to my birthday party. Uh, well, I think she probably was just fine on birthday parties, but I thought that that was a fun, cute story. So, that is cute, and especially that she remembered it. Yeah. So you can tell you can tell your friends whatever Lambda the Fourth. If anyone asks you guys why the sky is blue, listeners at home, or you can tell them the real answer because now you know both. Now that you heard that fun, cute story, uh-huh. what was something good that happened in your week? So I think like many, several Q&Rs ago, a friend and listener of ours asked like an update on my employment situation. Yes. And I said, yeah, I'm still freelancing. Um, so that's been like not a lot of stuff. There's been a consistent amount but that consistent amount has been not very much right but it's not been zero so that's been interesting right over the past two weeks it's like ramped up a lot um and i've had like consistently four clients that i'm doing stuff for nice and that's been really cool it's been tiring it's like it's kind of like imagine just starting like three part-time jobs in one week Mm -hmm. um so it's not like anyone would no one would pick to do it that way right it would spread them out a little bit i think but it's been really cool i've enjoyed that um my schedule's gotten crazy suddenly i'm trying to get a handle on it but it's not like i'm working 80 hours a week it's just that having four different jobs it's like you juggling four different objects yeah it's chaotic but i think i'll figure it out so that's been good it's been tiring but good definitely thankful to be having more work and I'm excited by a good amount of it to where it's fun to help people figure their stuff out, help them get to a better spot in whatever it is they're trying to accomplish. Um, a good amount of it's marketing stuff, which I love. So that's been really, really enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. I've had more of a front front row seat to you kind of picking some of those things up. So I think it's been fun to watch that develop. And so it's old news. Not old news. Just kidding. But news that I was present for the making of. Yeah. I am really excited for you to have your new jobs and to be getting stuff in place. But, you know, my goal is for you to be my full-time co-host and producer. Yeah. So until that (laughs) day comes, I just need to have some stuff to do. Right. Just to not be so bored. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, oh my gosh. I don't want you to be bored. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, congratulations. That is really exciting. It was a crazy... I got some of those updates as they came and it was kind of crazy balancing everything for you. I know, but yeah, we had to switch up some recording stuff and stuff like that, but I think it'll be good. Yeah, me too. Yay. I'm pumped about it. That's exciting. So that's been, yeah, that's been me. What about you? Well, actually, I'm going to do two in one because I'm a cheater. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I love how you waited to say that. I could have done two in one, but you didn't say that before. Well, you had three jobs, so it's kind of like you did three in one. That's true, but I didn't describe each of them. And it would be kind of weird to be like, so one of them's this guy, and I'm helping him do this, and the other one's this guy, and okay. he lives at... Well, mine is two in one that are related. Okay. So I had a qualifying exam this week, uh-huh. and... I mean, they're not super important, but basically when you finish your classes and you're getting your PhD, you have to pass these qualifying exams at most institutions, which basically just demonstrate that you have mastered the material and you are ready to be what's called a candidate. Mm -hmm. A candidate only has to finish their research and write a dissertation to be finished. Mm -hmm. 
So qualifying exams are a big deal. Mm-hmm. And I passed them for organic chemistry and then I switched gears. So I have mm-hmm. to take a few more. And it always feels really good when you finish one. Mm-hmm. So that's a really exciting feeling. And I, I took my first one for education today. So very exciting. Yeah. But the thing that happened this week uh-huh. leading up to my qualifying exam, I was on Twitter a lot less. And there was this really cool Royal Chemical Society did a poster presentation on Twitter. So you basically did a virtual conference on Twitter. I, and I love Twitter. Uh-huh. I actually, I think I saw this and meant to ask you about this. So okay. it's kind of like you're answering a question I forgot to ask that you. you never asked. Okay. Yeah. So, well, I love Twitter and I was so sad that I missed it. I got on at like midnight and realized what had happened. I was heartbroken. <laughs> so I tweeted that I was sad that I missed it. Uh-huh. And to check out Chemistry for Your Life, that's probably what I would have done a poster on anyway. And there's an account on Twitter Mm -hmm. that makes little cartoons about science. And they worked in collaboration with the Royal Chemistry Society making Uh little cartoons that represented the posters. They were cartoon abstracts is what they called them. Uh Abstracts like the little summary of your poster. Uh And since I didn't have one, they commented on my post and said... Well, we decided to make you a special comment cartoon and it was a little person chasing after the Twitter bird saying, wait, (laughs) (laughs) and it was so cute. And I just felt like someone cared that I had missed it. Yeah. (laughs) And so that was my happy thing of the week. I was going through and I saw you like share that thing. (laughs) And then I saw that they had mentioned you in the description. Mm -hmm. It's like a legit account or whatever. And I was like, I've clearly missed some important context here. <laughs> There's a person trying to chase a Twitter bird. I understood that much. But I was like, why is this happening in a seemingly <laughs> chemistry setting? Like, this right. is like a lot of the stuff that most of tweets about is with chemistry people. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this seems unrelated. <laughs> it's not. So that was exciting. And then I messaged that person to tell them how happy they made me, the person who runs that account. And we had a great conversation. So uh-huh. I love Twitter. You can make all kinds of cool friends on Twitter and academic Twitter. I've made connections that I never would have made in real life. Uh-huh. So I think Twitter is a really fun place to do networking and meet science people. And that was just a small bright spot. So yeah, that's cool. That's funny. So thanks errant science for making my week better. That was awesome. Love you. Go check out at errant science on Twitter and thanks Jim for listening. And to you guys, to you guys, the listeners for coming and learning about why the sky is blue. Anytime from me and then also anytime from me and all the listeners. Oh, thanks. We talked and we were like, yeah, you know what? Anytime. <laughs> um, Melissa and I have a lot of ideas for topics of chemistry in everyday life, but we want to hear from you. So if you have questions or ideas, you can reach out to us on Gmail, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Chem for Your Life. That's Chem, F-O-R, Your Life, to share thoughts and ideas. If you enjoy this podcast, you can subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And if you really like it, you can write a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps us to be able to share chemistry with even more people. If you'd like to help us keep our show going and contribute to cover the costs of making it, go to ko-fi.com slash chemforyourlife and donate the cost of a cup of coffee. This episode of Chemistry for Your Life was created by Melissa Collini and Jam Robinson. References for this episode can be found in our show notes or on our website. Jam Robinson is our producer, and we'd like to give a special thanks to A. Hefner and V. Garza, who reviewed this episode. Mm